you're listening to Take It Personally, a podcast about the personal side of business and the art of standing out. Hello, welcome to Take It Personally. Thank you for joining me today. I'm really excited about today's interview because the person that I'm interviewing has become a really close friend of mine. Um, Nicole Joy is a member of the same mastermind group that I'm in, and she was actually one of the first people to ever join this particular mastermind. So then when I came into the group, she acted as my big sister just to kind of show me the ropes and be there for me. Uh, and we've gotten really close and Although our businesses are very different, we have learned so much from each other. Um, Honestly, I think because our businesses are so different and we've just, we've learned different ways that we can be connecting with our people and serving our people. And um, I'm just so thankful to know her. Now, first to set the stage, Nicole is a doula. And for those of you who aren't familiar, a doula is basically a childbirth support person. I think that the term actually means to mother the mother. So it's a support person for the mother during childbirth. And Nicole's road to becoming a doula has lots of twists and turns and just kind of definitely acts of fate to get her there. It's a really cool story. And she tells us that on this interview. And I had so much fun interviewing Nicole and she was one of the first people that I thought of when I started this podcast because she has taken a business that is traditionally extremely in-person, hands-on, but also didn't really fit for her lifestyle. She's got three really young children and it's not realistic for her to be on call all the time. And so because she had, she, she found this passion for birth, she kind of made this doula business work for her. And it's so inspiring to hear her, hear her talk about something that she's clearly so passionate about, so much so, in fact, that she is really just kind of blowing up the industry and changing things, and it's really, really powerful. We talk about this a lot in the episode, but I want you to listen for all the different ways that Nicole is listening to the people that she's serving, because this is like the foundation that her business is built on. She does such an incredible job of listening to what her people want and what they need and then creating that for them. Um, Whether that means she has to break through some imposter syndrome and show up even when she feels uncomfortable and maybe do things before she feels like she's ready she's doing it. And because of that, she's really leading the way in her industry. And that's a really incredible thing. At the end of this interview, we also touch just briefly on um, different personality type tests, especially human design, and how knowing those things about yourself can really make you a better business owner. And just in general, you guys, this interview is chock full of so much goodness. It's one of the longest interviews that we've had to date. And there's a good reason why. I mean, we just, we touch on a lot of really cool things, not the least of which is Nicole's story. So I hope you enjoy listening to my friend, Nicole Joy. Nicole, thank you so much for joining me today on Take It Personally. I'm so excited you're here. Oh, yay. I'm so glad to be here. So I would love if you could just take a beat and introduce yourself to everybody, kind of give us uh, the 30,000 foot overview of who you are and what you do. 
Yeah, I'd love to. So I am a little chatty, so I will try to concise it up a little bit for you. So I'm Nicole and I am a digital doula. Um, I'm also a mom of three. So I have three kids that are ages five, three, and one. And I live in Florida with my husband and our kids, obviously, and our Rottweiler. Um, We live in the swamp. My past life was corporate real estate and I made the transition to the birth world a few years ago. Um, let's see, what else can I tell you? Like the high level overview. Um, yeah, I just, I'm the one who always ends up talking like placentas and vaginas at parties. So it's fun. That's fun. That's amazing. Yeah. So with a background in corporate real estate, like, so what did that look like? How did you get into corporate real estate? And then how did you transition to what you're doing now? Yeah. So in college, I majored in finance and minored in accounting. And I started working in um, residential mortgages when I was in college, kind of part-time. And then when I graduated, I went to full-time. And then I very quickly started working um, in a kind of corporate environment where we were a like property tax low-income housing property tax syndicator. Um, So really just kind of a fancy word for a company that um, was helping affordable housing projects get financing, basically. Um, And so it was able to, I was able to kind of pull all of my favorite things at the time together. So real estate, finance, accounting, like major geek out. And that was my job. So I was an analyst for a long time. And then um, that company kind of kind of, I don't want to say fell apart, but when the, when the recession got really bad and, um, you know, the real estate market kind of took a dip, a big dip in oh gosh, what year was that? Oh seven. Um, that company kind of split up. And so I moved in with another company, um, as like a smaller leg of that group. And I stayed with them for gosh, um, just like almost 10 years that I was with them. So I was an analyst for a while, moved into asset management. And so we were managing large real estate investment um, funds for big institutional investors. It was pretty fun and fancy. And I, you know, made a very healthy salary. I was traveling a lot for work and um, I thought I had like the best career ever. So that's funny. (laughs) (laughs) And so then how did you leave there? Well, I had my son. um, So I got pregnant in 2013. And when I found out I was pregnant, like that year, I made really incredible money at that company. I was just, I had reached a point, I was about 30 years old, and I reached this point where I was making um, really multiple six figures. And so I was making very good income. I was so excited. And um, when I told my bosses I was pregnant, it was a very small company. And so it was just kind of an interesting shift um, in kind of, um, yeah, I, without throwing anybody under the bus, it was just an interesting shift in how the dynamics of my working experience changed when I became a mom. And so um, pretty quickly over the next year, two years, I, I mean, I started working from home after I had my son because I just I just couldn't bring myself to put him in daycare. Um, and so luckily they worked with me. They let me work from home. Um and there was that, which was pretty nice, pretty convenient, but you know, things in my overall compensation also started to shift. And while I was still making good money, I, I felt this, you know, they talk a lot about that motherhood balance of having a career, being a mom, juggling all the things. And I think it's kind of a joke. Um, Totally. It's so hard to balance all the things like something has to give. Um, it's really hard to say that you can have all the things all the time at any time. 
So something had to give a little bit. And so when I was working um, from home for quite a while, it was making, you know, I kind of felt like, okay, this is working for now. Um, And then when I had my, so with my son, I had a C-section and the reason that's relevant is because fast forward a couple years when I had my second child, um, I had a vaginal birth after cesarean. So a VBAC and after my VBAC is when I was like, okay, so this just happened and there's no way once I realized what my body could do, um, there was no way that I could ever go back to crunching numbers and spreadsheets and looking at properties and, you know, basically the real estate world. I'm like, I just can't, I can't do that anymore. Yeah. So that was really how you, so how did, did you at that time know what a doula even was? I did because I had hired a doula for my second birth and that pregnancy was the first time I had ever heard of a doula. And it's because I had recently discovered VBAC. I didn't even know that I could have a vaginal birth after cesarean. I thought that back then I thought once a C-section, always a C-section. And so when I um, started talking to the providers, I had moved to Chicago. And so the the environment, the birth culture was very different there. And when I was talking to my provider about VBAC, um, I went home and just started researching everything. And so a lot of these, you know, bloggers and people talking about VBAC suggested hiring a doula. So I found one and I really, really liked her. And I found her presence just to be so calming and nurturing and supportive and relaxing during my birth. And at the moment, I didn't really know yet um, what, you know, when I left my job and I realized that I couldn't, um, I couldn't go back to real estate. I didn't yet know what I was going into. I just knew that I couldn't do real estate anymore. Like I, I wanted to be more with my children. I didn't want to, even though I was working from home, it's not exactly like you're sitting on the floor playing with your kids while you're working. Um, right. not in that industry. Anyways, you're in front of your computer and you're like working, working. So I knew that something needed to shift. I just didn't know yet what I wanted to do. Um, I knew I was fascinated by birth and I was really interested and I I couldn't stop talking about birth, but I wasn't sure yet where that was going. So when my second baby was about, it was about the time I was going back to work from maternity leave. I was like, I I can't do this. You know, I I don't want to be away from her. I I know I need to do something else. I just don't know what that is yet. I'm just going to take one year off. That was kind of the plan. I just wanted one year to just think. And just be a mom, just be with the kids, just slow down. I felt like I had been going, you know, I felt like my life had been on warp speed forever and I had never really slowed down to think. So this felt like a really good time to give myself that year of breathing room. Um, And that was kind of, you know, the first decision. Um, And I got a a sign, you know, this is a little bit spiritual, of course, but I got a little sign that. I asked for a sign if I should leave my job or not, because I really struggled with it. I had a lot of friends and, you know, people that were close to me that were like, you're crazy. Why would you leave that? You're getting paid so well. You get to work from home. You get benefits. You get this, you get that. Why would you leave that? Um, But like in my gut, I just knew. And so I asked for a sign and I got like clear, clear signs. Like you wouldn't even... I don't even know if I've ever talked about this story to a lot of people like publicly. Yeah, I've never heard you say this before. Yeah, it was wild because I was just starting to get into like really more into my spirituality practices. And I was reading actually a Gabby Bernstein book at the time. And um, she talked about this sign. And I was like, I want a sign if I should leave my job or not, even though I knew, like my gut knew, but I needed confirmation. And so I thought of the most random, but not so random thing. So 
I wanted to see a camel because I picked a camel because um, I knew that my kids' toys, they're just, my kids didn't have like toy camels. Like they, we have lions, we have dinosaurs, we have every animal toy under the sun, but we didn't have camels. And I don't have camels around my house and this and that. So I was like, okay, I picked a camel. So I'm like, I have to see a camel, but not just one. I want to see three. And oh my gosh. I know. I was really specific. So I'm like, if I see three camels, come on, like, what are the chances? And I saw a camel on accident. Um, and I, I wasn't super specific that I didn't want it to be a part of my kids' toys because I just assumed my kids didn't have any camel toys. So like it was a couple of days, you know, very short period of time, maybe within a day or two, my son had like all these drawings from his preschool hanging up in his, in his uh, bedroom. And I looked up and like one of his drawings was of a camel. And I'm like, wait a minute, this was here before, but did I subconsciously choose this because it was here? This doesn't count. I still need to see two more. Well, I, you know, it counts, but it's not the only one. Like I still want to see two more. And I can't remember where the second one was, but I saw a second camel and right now I'm blanking on where it was. So I saw two and I'm like, okay, that's two. That's fine. Like, that's fine. But no way I'll see a third camel. And so it was around voting time in Chicago. And it was like a Friday afternoon. I stopped at the voting place near my house where I was registered and the line was probably an hour and a half long. And I'm like, I cannot wait an hour and a half. I got to go get my son from school. I'll just go tomorrow morning. We're heading to Florida. I'll stop on the way to the airport, which sounds like a really stupid idea. Um, but that was the plan. And so I left the voting place, went and got my son, the whole thing. And then on the way to the airport the next morning, um, I stopped at the voting place. And when I ran in, there was like one person in line in front of me. And I thought, perfect. This never works out like this. You know, in Chicago, there's never no lines, but there was one person. And when I stood in front of her, like I stood behind her and she kind of turned and she had a camel charm on her necklace. Oh my God. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. And it was like right in my face. And I'm like, there's no way. And I actually just remembered um, the second one. So it just came to me while I was talking too. So I'm going to refresh that a little bit. Um, We were watching Zootopia. So my son, you know, the kid movie Zootopia in the beginning, they have these camels that are jogging. And I, oh yeah, really? and I wasn't paying attention. And I just, you know, we've watched all these movies like hundreds of times that I stopped paying attention. It's just like background noise. And my son's like, look, mommy, the camels are running. And oh my gosh. So not only like were there camels, but he pointed it out to you. He totally pointed it out. So, you know, that was number two. So the third one was the lady's necklace charm. And I'm like, who wears a necklace? Who has camel charms on their neck? And they're right in my face. And all of these three signs happened in like a few days. It was a very short amount of time. And I was like, okay, well, there it is. So I'm leaving my job. Um, So I was so nervous. I've never been without pay. I've never, you know, I mean, I saved, I was very careful and, you know, I saved accordingly and I really knew that I wanted to start a business. I just wasn't sure what it was. And so, you know, I, I had the jitters, but I was like, okay, I need to listen. I asked for the signs. I got them. And so I left the job with the plan to take one year off. And that was kind of, you know, the plan. And obviously that didn't really happen. (laughs) Yeah. So I want to get into like what happened next with like, with being a doula and all of those things. But I always think it's kind of interesting. So you've, you've always worked, you've always had a really good job and you're a hard worker. Did you have like identity issues with not having that for a while? Huge, huge. Because I've been like, you know, I've been working since I was, I don't know. I mean, I was babysitting as a kid, like every, I'm sure every like 
young lady, a lot of young women babysat in, you know, high school. Um, but at my first real job, um, I was 16 and I was a secretary at a company near my high school and, you know, I was working full time back then even. And so, um, yeah, you're like, how is that possible? But well, it was almost full time. Um, but my high school, I got out of school at like 12 o'clock. And so I was working like one 30 to 7.30. It was something like, I can't remember, but it was something like that. Um, but I was able to get, you know, it was close to 40 hours a week um, with the weekends. And so I've never not worked. And it was really hard. It was a huge adjustment. And not, and not to see a paycheck coming in, it was like gut-wrenching, even though I knew I had planned for this, um, you know, and I was saving accordingly, but it was still a really hard thing for me. Yeah, big. Totally. So you quit your job and at that time you had two babies? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So were you just kind of open, like you knew you wanted to start a business, but you didn't know what it was going to be. So were you just kind of like open to seeing like what was out there, seeing what was interesting to you? Did you like, were you doing stuff every day to try and like pursue this business that was just kind of an idea at this point? Like, what did that look like? I feel like I've been trying to figure out my thing forever because my whole life I've been a serial entrepreneur and between all of my jobs, I've always had like little side things where I've tried to figure out what makes me tick. I've always felt like, why don't I have a passion? You know, where is like, where is my passion? I've been searching for it forever. Um, and so yeah, when I left my job, it was still like that. And I thought, what could I do? What could I do? What could I do? Um, and actually this is funny, but I really haven't talked that much about this either, but I'm going to, I guess I'm going to tell it now. But when I first, um, started something like my first website, when I got going after I left my job was a blog and I started a blog and I felt like what's the, I wanted to talk about birth. I wanted to talk about motherhood so badly, but I was afraid back then. And I was afraid of shaming. And I just, I was afraid to talk about it for a lot of reasons. And so I thought, what is safe that I think is fun to talk about? So the first things that were on my original blog, which was not named Nicole Joy back then, but my first blog was, um, it was basically like a really half-assed fashion blog, a really awful fashion blog. Like I like clothes. I like shopping. I like all of those things. And I, you know, I was like, let me try to be a fashion blogger. And I, I mean, I was an awful fashion blogger, but Um, so there was that, but then I felt this, you know, it's, it never felt, it felt like I was learning the techie things. So now looking back now, I know that it was there for a reason because I was learning a lot about setting up my website and, you know, creating posts and creating social media content and Pinterest. And I started to learn about all of those things back then. Um, but when I actually moved back to Florida and it's so random, like we're not really church people. Um, but we went through a period when we moved back to Florida where, uh, we started going to church and my daughter at the time, my VBAC baby, she was like, I don't know, a little over one. And she, my friend of mine had given me this little Bible and I, and I, to be honest, I I hadn't read it, the whole thing. Um, Mm -hmm. but she kept bringing it to me and putting it on my lap and putting it on my lap. And I was like, okay, okay. I, we're going to church. I got it because I had been feeling like I wanted to go to church and give it a try. And so we went to church. And the first time we went to church, when we moved back to Florida, um, I met this lady and we started talking after church. She was pregnant with her second and she was planning her repeat C-section. And so when we got to talking, I just like, I couldn't shut up. I was like word vomiting. 
And I just couldn't stop talking to her about birth and about VBAC. And, you know, and she's like, I've never met anybody who's had a vaginal birth after a cesarean. And so I was like, shut me up if you want me to stop. But I'm going to keep going if you don't stop me because I can't stop. And I felt this feeling that I've never really felt before. And now, you know, then later I realized that that was, that was what alignment feels like. And I know that's so cliche and corny, but that's what that was. Totally. Oh, I don't think I knew that, that you had like connected with somebody. And so, so really that was kind of what got you started with thinking, I want to talk to women and I want to empower women to like create their best birth experience, whatever that looks like. Yeah, totally. Because when I had that conversation with her, I was like, she doesn't eat, she still to this day doesn't even know that that conversation with her, because even now we live, she lives maybe three, not even three miles away from me. Um, I mean, and you know, I see her every so often, but even now she doesn't know that that conversation we had was, it was such a turning point for me because I realized when we were talking, I'm like, this is so fun. And I would do this for free forever. You know, when you're having so much fun that the time isn't even a thing and you're just doing, doing, doing and serving, serving, serving. And we left the conversation and I felt so excited and she felt served and it was just, it was so fun. That is so cool. So then what happened next? Like, how did you take that conversation and say, okay, like this is because, because of that alignment and that feeling, like I want to replicate this. So how do you do that? Yeah, I started, I started doing some research on doula work and, you know, trying to figure out what felt the most fun for me um, and what felt like something I could do. Um, I, I researched doula work. I researched like childbirth education. Um, and I decided I wanted to train in both because I, I really, really value education. And I always felt like that was something that was missing so big from my first pregnancy. Um, and when I got pregnant with the second, um, I found so much value from taking a childbirth education class. Um, even though I didn't want to go to classes, I never wanted to go sit in a class with a bunch of pregnant people. That was, I had no desire. Um, I wanted them to come to me. And so I hired somebody in my second pregnancy to come to my house and teach me privately. And it was exactly what I needed. And I'm like, perfect. That's, that's my jam. I understand everything now. I got this, like not everything, but I, I felt so much more confident and I'm like, okay, so that piece is important to me. Um, so I want to learn about this. So I started researching and finding organizations that aligned with my values when it comes to birth and stuff. Um, and I really just tried to find as much as I could that would work with me online because now I had two young children. And so going to getting away from the house all the time is, is challenging for me. Um, so I picked a doula organization. I started doing my reading and my, my preparation, my studying. And, you know, I signed up for the, the training workshop. Um, I did the same thing with childbirth ed. And so I took all my childbirth ed stuff online and I read the books and did all the studying. Um, I also hired a business coach right around that time. And one of the first things we really started talking about was growing my audience because at the time, like, I was like, who am I going to talk to? You know, I'm not a doula. I'm not anybody with, you know, I'm just a mom of two who's had a back. And so I opened a Facebook group and I went live one time at the suggestion of my business coach the first time. And basically the only person that showed up was my niece to my life. <laughs> and it was so embarrassingly, uncomfortably awful. And I was so nervous, but I'm like, you know what? I just, I woke up, it was like a Saturday morning or a Sunday morning. And I woke up and just felt like I have to do this. And at the time, I don't even think my, my group was about VBAC or pregnancy yet. Um, but I just needed to just start, just start showing up and just start talking. And 
after the live, my niece called me and she's like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, why? And she's like, you were just on Facebook, like going live. And I was like, yeah, I know. (laughs) So it was pretty funny. And then it just like, it just started evolving. The more I started showing up and the more I started just doing things really crappy work in the beginning, the more I just started showing up and doing the better this got, the better that got, the better this got. And of course, you know, working with my business coach really helped me to, um, to try a lot of different things in my business. So you, I mean, so I'm in your Facebook group and that was actually the next thing I wanted to talk about because you built an incredible following in that group, especially, but really just social media in general, you do such a good job of like going live and showing up and all those things. Did that come naturally for you? Oh God, no, no, because I was such a nervous wreck. Um, the first so many lives, I was so nervous. I was sweating. Um, looking back at some of those original videos, I'm like, Oh, this is so embarrassing. Um, because they were so bad. I, I'm lucky that I had like my coach in my corner who was like, just show up, you know, you, the only way to get, and so one of the things she told me one time that stuck with me was, you know, when a baby starts learning how to walk, when they take a step and fall down, we don't say like, that was terrible at what you just tried. Like, why would you do that again? Um, yeah. we say, good job, you know, good job for trying to take a step, good job for trying to walk. And you're going to get up and try again. And you're going to do a little better and a little better. Right. So she's like, why would you, you know, beat yourself up? You're like a baby learning how to walk, not to be mean or anything and try to, um, you know, to pick on you, but really like you're learning how to do things and give yourself grace and keep trying. And she was right. And so the more I did it, um, the more comfortable I got. And with my group, I always, I, I did, I spent a lot of time in the beginning, um, really doing like spiritual kind of not meditations, but really these visualization practices where I would really, really pay attention to and spend time thinking a lot about growing my group and, and really spending time thinking about what I wanted women to feel when they came into my group and how I wanted them to feel supported and, you know, heard. And, you know, I wanted them to be able to come to my group for non-judgmental support and feedback and get questions answered and, you know, things like that. And I just imagined myself, you know, really like pouring support and love into my group. And so it started growing really organically. I did run an ad for a while. So there was that, but it also grew, you know, pretty organically and me just talking about birth on the internet and inviting people to the group. And then I would do in the beginning I did. Um, and really like throughout most of the last few years, I've been mostly good except for like end of pregnancy and and postpartum with my third. Um, I've been really good about like once a week, I have almost a show that I go live every week at a, the same time. And I do a topic or I do Q and a, I show up and support and serve, you know? And so that, I think that's been something that a lot of people in my group, and I actually slacked on that for a few weeks lately because I started adding some other legs to my business and I got really busy. And one of the moms emailed me, um, she emailed back to one of my automated email sequences. And she's like, every Monday at one, I keep refreshing in your group and I can't find you. What am I missing? I can't find your lives. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm coming back on Monday. I'm so sorry. It was pretty fun. That is so interesting. Yeah, that's a really, it's inter- really interesting timing because I, um, I used to do a lot of lives on Facebook with my group and I love them. Like they just like, they're like the bright spot in my week. I love it. And life has happened and I've gotten busy and I've totally slacked on it lately. And that is so cool that they they noticed because I think sometimes when you're when you're doing those things it can feel like does anybody really care like does anybody really care what I'm doing and what I'm saying and how I'm serving and so to that you got an email that was like 
hey, like we miss you. That's so cool. And the funny thing about it was I did not recognize her name. She had never shown up to one of my lives and engaged. She never commented. She never said, so I didn't even recognize her name. And I was like, oh my gosh. And so then she, when I did show up that next Monday, she did come on and she's like, hi, so good to see you. I don't usually comment in this group, but I follow everything. I watch everything. Hi, I'm so-and-so and I live here. And, and I was like, oh my God, this is hilarious. So it was, it was so a good cool. reminder, you know? I also love how you talked about serving, like showing up every Monday for, you know, whatever period of time or just going live once a week or whatever and committing to serving people and just like doing Q&A and answering questions and just simply serving them without asking for payment in return, without expecting anything from them, just serving. Do you do you feel like that really helped your relationship with these people, like helped them trust you? Yeah, big time because, and I'm very open about that with them too, because I tell them a lot if I am, if I, so like right now I have, you know, online birth courses that I'm selling. Um, but when I'm on lives and we talk about things, I'm like, look guys, here's the thing. Like I show up to serve for free. Like I provide a lot of free content because it's really important to me. Um, and certain, you know, some of you will choose to take it to the next level and buy one of my courses and some of you won't. And that's okay. Like I am not bothered if you don't buy anything from me. I want you to get what you need from this group. And I show up the same way. I also have added, this is what got me so busy too, was I added um, a, a leg to my business where I serve doulas too. And so now I'm teaching doulas how to bring their businesses online and grow an audience and the kind of thing that I've done. Um, and I do the same thing, but now I added another weekly live in my doula group. And so mm. I do the same thing in there though. And they know, and I sell things sometimes in there too. And I, I tell them, I look at it as like, I'm telling them what I have for sale. You know, I never feel like I'm being salesy or annoying or weird. I'm like, look, I have this really great stuff that I'm selling. If you want to buy it, awesome. If you don't, that's cool too. Like I'm still going to come here every single Tuesday at 2.30 and we're going to talk, you know, free training, you know, business trainings. And the idea is that my mission for changing birth really is not any different whether I'm working directly with a, a family or if I'm working with doulas because doulas take that and work directly with lots of families. So the mission really just goes further faster working with doulas, you know? So it just kind of like domino effects and like really magnifies my mission. So it actually, I kind of am having a lot of fun with that too. And I, I can't really decide which is more fun right now, but either way, it's kind of the same mission. That's so cool. I think, you know, I think a lot of people get wrapped up in the idea that sales feels icky to them, but you're exactly right. If you really believe in what you're selling, then, then I think it's easier to reposition it in your head and realize like, I'm not selling them something in an icky way. I'm telling them what I have for sale, how it can help them. And if they're not in a place where they can purchase it or want to purchase it, cool, move on. Like it just repositions it. Yeah. It's a major shift. And it's like, I look at it like I'm not, I'm not selling ice in an ice storm, you know, like, you know, I have really amazing stuff. Like some of it's passive, some of it's active, you know, I'm teaching a course like, um, to teach doulas how to make online courses. And it's really good. I spent months and months and months doing that for my first online birth course. Like I did it all by myself. Cause at the time there was really only like one or two groups that had online birth courses and they were not teaching you how to make your own. Um, and even though I was working with a business coach, she's not going to do it for me. I have to go in and do the work. And, you know, when I was juggling other children at home and, you know, I got pregnant with my third during that time. And so there was a lot of things 
you know, a lot of balls in the air. And so um, it took me a very long time to make my first online workshop, online course and take what's traditionally, you know, like in, you think of first classes and you think of sitting at the library or at your hospital for six weeks. And that just has always sounded miserable to me. And so I was trying to speak to someone who was like me and bring that to them. And then what I found was all these doulas were reaching out to me and asking me like, how did you do this? How did you do that? And I kept having the same DM conversations and I'm like, okay, at some point I need to figure something out because I don't have... I'm running out of time, you know, in my day that I want to answer everybody, but it's really challenging to do it like that and time consuming. So I was like, I'm just going to make a group for doulas. And I started there. And then people were asking if I could help them make courses. And I'm like, sure, I'll start a course to teach you how to make courses. And it just like naturally, you know, progressed. I love that. Okay. I love this for so many reasons because one, you were, you're obviously doing such a good job of listening to your people and providing them what they want. Like you were paying attention to the fact that, hey, this is a question that I keep getting. What can I do about that? Like, how can I serve these people better if this is what they want? So I love that. And I love the fact that now your business has shifted, whereas before you're talking to moms and you still are, but now you're also teaching other doulas. And I think that people get tripped up here a little bit because they would think, Oh my gosh, like, no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna teach my competitors how to do what I'm doing. But you just have this like, a mentality of abundance to like, no, I, my mission is to make birth better. And this, this translates the mission and pushes the mission even farther. It is. And it's like, (laughs) sorry, it's funny, because Um, one of the things that I used to think about in the beginning, when I first opened my group, all these doulas were trying, were joining my group, my empowered, my private mom's group. And I was like, why are doulas joining my group? If they're doulas, I was so confused. And I, at first I felt like, I don't want them to see what I'm doing because I feel like, are we competing? Are they, I, I don't know. It just felt weird at first. And then when I really reassessed it, I was like, well, wait a minute, there is no such thing as competition. That's not real. And, you know, when I thought about like doula, especially is such an intimate hiring a doula is so it's such an intimate experience. And when moms ask me about like how I hire a doula or how should I know if a doula is right for me? Um, I know this might be a little bit inappropriate, but one of the things I tell them is like, okay, you remember like in college, we used to, or in high school or college, whatever, there was this kind of thing that people would talk about saying, you know, within 30 seconds of meeting somebody, if you'd sleep with them or not. And it's totally (laughs) corny, but sometimes, sometimes it's true. And so like with a doula, I always felt like it was the same thing. Every time I've hired doulas, I knew within 30 seconds, whether or not I'd want them at my birth, you know, like you can, you just get a vibe. Like there's things later that they can tell you that you're like, Oh, awesome. I love that about you even more. Oh, awesome. But it's almost like you can rule people out really quickly if you want them having that deep, deep, intimate experience with you. And so I had to take that into consideration when it came to inviting in like quote competition into my group, because I'm like, we're not competition. We're not talking to the same clients. Like we don't have the same clients at all. Like people who want to hire me are not the same people who want to hire her and her and her, you know, we're not, I can't be a doula for everybody. And, you know, we, there's no way we could. So I realized like, okay, everybody out there needs information and needs support, but not necessarily from me. 
Totally. You know, because they might not resonate with me and like, that's okay. I just needed to get over that and recognize that and not look at it as like, oh, they're competing and I don't want to share my secrets. Like, it's not like that. Yeah, that's really powerful. And so then instead of like, instead of getting wrapped up in competition and not wanting to share your secrets and like being so protective over that, you completely shifted and instead we're like okay if this is how it's going to be like if these people are if these people are joining my group anyway what can I do about it like how can I serve them can I use this to make money and so that's really what you've been focusing on over the past couple of months right like doing the the doula workshop or the doula course yeah that's what I got really busy on um because I thought okay I'm going to teach them how to make online courses because they want to know a lot of them are having the same struggles that I was having because um I now at this point have three young children so if I wanted if I wanted to take on a birth client in my town I, it would be really hard for me to know that whenever she goes into labor, I can drop everything and be at her side. That is really hard when you have three young children, you know, and I have a nanny, but like my nanny has a life too, you know, people have lives. And so right now where I'm at in my life, that's really hard. So I needed to be able to, um, find a way that I could do my thing in the birth world, um, where it makes sense in my lifestyle. And what I realized was it wasn't just me that was feeling this way. Like, yes, I want to be at a lot of births right now. I really do. And I had people, you know, I've had people reach out, ask me if I would, and I wish I could. It's just right now I really can't. And, you know, a lot of doulas feel the same way. Cause a lot of people, a lot of doulas, came into the industry for a similar reason. They had a crappy experience with their first or second birth and they found something totally different and was like, I have to do this now. And, but they also have young children at home. And so now they want to be able to, you know, support women, um, virtually, you know, and, and nobody's really teaching you how to do that in the birth worker world. I mean, there's a lot of emphasis on the physical support and all of those things, which are amazing things, but nobody's teaching you how to, you know, a lot of doula training companies don't really get into that because there's not a lot of time for that. They're spending a lot of necessary time on what the physical, you know, the in-person practice stuff includes, you know? Absolutely. And I mean, there's a limit, like even if you were to do in-person and like the stars aligned and you could totally figure it out to the point where you could be on call for all these births, there's still a cap there. Like there's only so many people in your town. There's only so many people who you're going to have the, like who you even could take on as clients. And so I, I feel like, I mean, I'm not a doula, but I feel like adding a digital component to a doula business is smart for like anybody. Totally. And then for a lot of them, you know, having an online course of some sort makes so much sense. This course that I've been going through right now actively with a group of doulas is teaching them how to make their first online course. And so we just were almost wrapped up with round one of that. And then I'm starting round two in a couple of weeks. So cool. So can you talk a little bit about like if if I were a doula and you were kind of teaching me how to support my clients online, like what are the what are some of the things that can be done online to still offer support in a job that is traditionally very hands-on in person? Number one, I think that I want to mention that it's really um, important that we understand that the virtual services are not really, I mean, it's almost nothing can really replace somebody being there holding your hand and massaging you during birth, right? Like that is, I've had somebody do that for me, a birth doula, and it's so valuable. 
Um, and I, I don't think that any of this really replaces that. I think it's an amazing supplement. And then to recognize that for some people, they just don't, they can't hire a doula, a birth doula, or they don't choose to. So I try to help doulas find ways that make sense for their business model and for their clients to support them. And so it can include a combination of different things. So number one, like obviously for me, I like my online birth classes. Um, mm-hmm. I've had free ones in the past. Um, I had now have a full paid course. I've done, you know, free workshops. I've done lower price point workshops. Um, all there's so many topics with, you know, prenatal, postnatal, breastfeeding, just all the things. So online classes, workshops, webinars, things like that are really amazing. Um, also like messenger support. So a lot of doulas do email support, which is fine. Um, but messenger support is a little bit more of a direct connection. It feels like, because it's, it's like a faster way to reach them. And of course, as a doula, you can set your boundaries for when you're going to respond, but you know, having the voice messenger kind of walkie talkie access, you know, when you're pregnant and your hormones are all over the place and you just sometimes need somebody to hear you and to listen to you. Um, you know, that is just such an incredible resource for expectant moms. Um, I've even, you know, worked with moms that are in labor, which can, you can get pretty creative with it. If it's something that the family wants that you're almost like on FaceTime or zoom, depending on, you know, the tech. Yeah. Like it is possible. Um, it's not super common, but it's possible. Um, or, you know, it could be one of those things where you're messaging with the, with the support person, usually like the dad or the partner during birth. And so the dad's like, okay, this is happening. What now? And you can be there like constantly really supporting them from virtual from anywhere. Um, and then the one-on-one calls. So I've done this with a lot of private clients where we speak like on zoom at certain points during their pregnancy. And even during postpartum where you have, it's almost like FaceTime and you just sit and talk through the things I've worked with them on their birth plans. You know, I've done private childbirth ed that way. Um, we've, you know, set up postpartum plans for them and kind of troubleshooting for lack of a better term, like breastfeeding challenges. So there's so many ways, even something as basic as a blog is a way that, you know, a free way that you can support expectant families virtually, really. That's a really good point. And if people are in a position where they want to start supporting people virtually and kind of supplementing their, their business in some way, but maybe they don't feel like they're equipped quite yet to do one-on-one or to like be face-to-face, just having that resource that you can send people to and say like, Hey, I blog once a week and I I cover all these topics. That would be a really incredible resource too. It is. And like a lot of doulas who have nothing really set up yet, a lot of them with the first thing I'm suggesting they do is have a basic website set up just to have an, an internet home you know, like, you know, I like real estate. So, um, to have their internet real estate, and then it's also free to start a Facebook group, you know? And so they can right now in, in like five minutes, they can start a group and invite some people, create an event and just say, okay, I tell them to pick a topic. This is one of the first things I tell them. It's like, okay, don't overthink this. Just pick a topic that relates to pregnancy, birth, breastfeeding, whatever your jam is. Just pick one topic that you can talk about for like five, 10, 15, 20 minutes without researching, prompting, writing anything down. And 
make an event and go live and just start talking and invite people to a free event and just invite them all the time. And it's almost, you know, just keep showing up, keep doing that. And people will come because they'll want to come to your live and they'll want to hear you talk about breastfeeding or vaginal tearing or pumping for 26 months combined or your first feedback or your C-section that was planned because a doctor scared you into it or, you know, fill in the blank. And a lot of them will be like, oh, I can do that. You know, and it's like, once you, once you like get the thing moving and you put some, you shift to the energy a little bit and get them in motion, then it just, it flows. I think, I mean, we've talked about this on the podcast before, but it's a recurring theme that I think oftentimes in, in whatever business we're in, we don't see our own genius. And so I'm sure these doulas feel that way. Like, oh, I can just go live and talk about a VBAC for 20 minutes. That's what I have to do. I could do that. But like when you're that close to it, it's hard. Like you just keep thinking, well, what am I going to talk about? I'm not good enough to do this or I don't have the know-how to do that. But having someone like you in their corner to say, no, you do. You know so much more than you think you do. And your people want to know it. Yeah, it's true. And it's such like a, you know, it's such a, I don't say, um, a special time in people's lives. And if you think back, a lot of us, like in the birth world, we, it's not like we take it for granted, but we forget how much knowledge we have compared to before we started having kids. And I try to remind them like, guys, think about what you needed to hear. Like what was nobody telling you that you wish they would have told you, you know, you do know a lot more than you're giving yourself credit for. And, you know, doulas, like any other profession, I think we have that, um, imposter syndrome and I have it sometimes too. I mean, everybody has like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? You know, who am I to stand here telling people this, 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 or that? Um, like we all have it. I'm like, no, that's BS. Like you do know all the things. Like I have a doula in my course creation for doulas right now. She has nine children of her own and something like 13 or 14 grandchildren. And I'm like, yes, could you please come teach us about newborn sleep? Please. Yes. Yeah. Like I, I have three children. I still want to call you and ask you because that's one of the things she's going to be teaching about. And I'm like, yeah, of course you should be talking about this because you know so much, you know, and there's just, they have so much knowledge and experience. Um, even if they haven't attended hundreds of births, you know, and I'm like, just, you know, more than what your ideal clients know a lot more. And that's the key. Exactly. That's all you need. You just need to be a little bit ahead of whoever you're talking to and you right there, you can add value. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really true. And it's such a, like, it's just such a special time in women's lives, you know, that period where we need so much support and, you know, a lot of like people who haven't done Facebook live yet and who haven't, it's nerve wracking. And I try to talk to them like, look guys, like, here's the thing. Like, I know it can be really, you can, you might be really nervous. And it, I almost threw up the first time I did my, that TV segment, one of my TV segments. And I was standing there, like I was about to throw up. And I, my ego was like, Nicole, you don't have to do this. You can turn around, go home. Nobody would ever know. And I'm like, you know what? It, that's ridiculous. Like the message that needs that somebody needs to hear right now is more important than me being nervous. And every time I felt nervous going live, or when I talked to the doulas in my group about doing their first lives, I'm like, I know it's nerve wracking, but just think if you could talk to that one person who needs to hear your story about how you got your newborn to sleep or your story about how you went through postpartum depression and how you made it out on the other side, like somebody needs to hear this. I love that so much. So if, if someone's listening right now and maybe they have something that they're passionate about and it gets them really, really fired up, but like you, it's maybe in 
so with being a doula, obviously birth is something that you were so passionate about, but the logistics of being a doula typically was something that just wasn't conducive to your lifestyle. And so you just kind of tweaked what you could and made it work so you could still do something you're passionate about. If someone is listening right now and feels that same way, like there's something that they're passionate about, but they're not in a they're not in a place in their life right now that they can do it traditionally, what would your advice be to them um, to, you know, just just kind of get a little bit creative so they can pursue their dream? Um join a mastermind. <laughs> I mean, seriously, because, you know, it can feel so lonely when you're by yourself and you're starting a business and you're in your closet in a desk or in you're in the corner of your bedroom or your kid's bedroom where your little corner of your desk is. And you're just trying to figure things out and trying to figure out what's going to work. It can be just very lonely if you're an entrepreneur trying to do something that hasn't really been, especially if it's has, hasn't been done before by yourself. Um, and so doing something like joining, you know, a group of people who have that same mindset you know, and really can support you and show up for you and listen to you and help you with ideas and give you feedback. It is just so, so valuable and to encourage you. And really like some of the, one of the biggest things I think I've taken away from the mastermind that I'm in right now, um, there's been so many, um, and I've been in it for a very long time, but one of the biggest takeaways is seeing how other people's people, how other people see me. Because yeah. the way I saw myself, even a couple years ago, especially a couple years ago, it was, I mean, I wasn't like self-hating, but I did not see the version of me that they saw. And it has taken a lot of stuff, a lot of work and internal work. Just a, It's taken a lot for me to get to the point where I'm starting to realize that maybe I am the person that they've been seeing this whole time. And that has just been a game changer. Oh, I love that. That like kind of makes me emotional, Nicole. Me too. I mean, it's huge. It's huge because back then I would like, I don't know, when they used to say things at group in group calls and then we would show up for meetings and start talking about things, the way they would talk to me, I'm like, oh, they're just, you know, they're being so nice. And you know, they're just being nice. And the more we got going and the more I started to have faith in myself and show up and, you know, my business started to grow and I started to get testimonials. And I was like, wow, I am making change. Like people do need this. And this is about important. And it just felt like maybe they weren't just blowing smoke up my ass, you know? And it was like, okay. So I'm starting to see what they've been telling me about this whole time. And it's, it's pretty cool. That's awesome. You're the perfect example of, because you really built your business alongside joining this mastermind that we're in. Like you came into it with an idea and you really built your business while in the mastermind. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I just, you're the perfect example of it really doesn't matter where you're at in your business or maybe even non-existent business. It just matters where you're at with your mindset. Like if you're ready to go and if you're ready to do the work, you can benefit from that group environment of people kind of holding you up and supporting you and helping bounce ideas around. Like no, it doesn't, it doesn't matter if you've been in business for a day or a hundred years. No, totally. Cause I had absolutely nothing going in my business when I joined the mastermind. So I have completely gone from like scratch to where I'm at now. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. So 
I want to know what's getting you excited right now. What kind of what we've talked, you know, a lot about what you're doing right now, but um, just to close it out, I want to know about any projects that you're working on or changes in your business that is just like making your day. Oh my gosh. Yes. I was just actually um, planning I, the last, I don't know, week or so I've been doing a lot of Q4 planning and I'm looking ahead to 2020 planning. Um, so what's got me really pumped right now is a couple things. Um, one for moms, both of versions of my my fully online courses are available. So they're there. I have one for first time moms. I have one for VBAC moms and I have put a bow on them. They are beautiful and they are ready to roll. And then for my doula clients, um, I'm kicking off round two of our round two of the beta kind of testing version, but it's, it's improved from round one. And it's just so amazing to teach doulas how to make online courses that kicks off in early November. And then, um, next year I'm looking at having a much, what I realized after doing round one was that the doulas need more support. You know, round one was like a five week course. And at the end they're like, we need more. And I'm like, okay, yeah, we do. You're right. And I recognize that. So I'm going to set, I'm setting something up right now that I haven't really released publicly yet, but, um, it's going to be like a higher level much more involvement and direct access to me small group program where I can support them in more than just their online course, but really establishing their entire online presence and growing their online audience um, as a supplement to expand their in-person practice and their, their business really. So that is like, I'm so incredibly excited about it. And it just feels so natural because we're wrapping up the end of round one and they're like, wait, no, no, it's not over yet. And I'm like, yeah, "Yeah, it is, but it doesn't have to be. You're right. I'll make something to continue. So that's what's happening. I just seriously love how you do such a good job of staying in tune with your people and what they need. And you're just like constantly trying to figure out better ways to serve them. You do such a good job with that. You know what? I want to tell you one thing before we go that I should have mentioned earlier. The thing about that is that shifted for me big time when I, so I work with a a spiritual mentor as well. And one day we were talking about my human design type and I don't know a ton about human design, but I know mine and mine is a generator. And one of the things, I'm sorry, not a generator, a projector. And one of the things about being a projector is that I need, and I do really well when I'm invited or I have an invitation. And so before I probably ignored or dismissed or didn't pay attention to things because I didn't realize that was unique about my design type. And so when I started to pay attention to what she helped me to recognize what invitations look like for me. And I was like, you're right, because even my spiritual mentor invited me to a program several months ago and I completely ignored her because I thought it had nothing to do with me. And she reached out to me privately and invited me privately. And I was like, now I'm listening. And she, I'm like, but that's not for me. And she's like, no, it is. Let me tell you why. And we got to talking about it. And I was like, oh my gosh, you're right. That is for me. That's hundred percent for me. But I completely ignored her until she invited me privately. And so when we did the connection that I'm a projector and I sometimes do really well with invitation, I've started to notice where my clients invite me to things. So I've had people in my DMs on Instagram ask me, when are you going to do a podcast? Oh, I forgot. That's something else I'm excited about. My podcast is launching. Um, Doula's going digital podcast, but I started to notice. And now I'm like, there's an invitation. There's an invitation. So it shifted for me because I started to pay attention when people were asking me things. And I was like, that's an invitation. Um, And I also realized that I no longer feel icky or weird about 
DMing people who I think would be a really good fit for a program or for my birth course. And I'm like, hey, this would be really good for you. Have you thought about joining it? And I genuinely mean it. I don't reach out to people if I don't think that it makes sense for them. And I don't feel bad about it at all anymore because I realized how valuable it was for me when people have reached out to me and I didn't know something was for me. And once they got to explaining it and I realized how it was absolutely what I needed and I was so glad they reached out. Now I don't feel bad at all. In fact, I'm like, yeah, I message her because I'm, you know, if they don't, if they're not interested, it doesn't bother me at all. And I never feel bad. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to bug them, you know? So yeah. that's, that was huge for me too. And that was something I forgot to tell you earlier. Oh, that's really cool. I um, I think so many of those, whether it's human design or Enneagram or Zodiac, or I mean, there's so many different options and they can really help you understand yourself better and how you work and how you like to receive things. And yeah, it can be really eye-opening. It is. It's huge. And I'm like, it's it's been a, a you know, a big shift for me. So it's fun. It's fun. I really like it. Right. Well, Nicole, I would love to wrap it up with um, just kind of telling everyone where people can find you because I'm sure they're going to want to come and kind of see all the things you're doing. I'm really hoping that we've got some expectant mamas who want to come and see all the fabulous things you're doing in your Facebook group. So where can people find you? Yes. So my website is Nicole Joy, N-I-C-H-O-L-E, joy.com. Um, and I do, I use Instagram quite a bit too. And there's links to like all my groups and all that stuff through my um, IG link um, in my bio or on my website. My IG handle is Nicole, N-I-C-H-O-L-E, underscore joy, and then underscore, underscore. So yeah. If all else fails, it's all on my website and that's an easy place to go. Perfect. Nicole, thank you so much for talking today. I always just like love talking with you and you are doing some really cool things and I've absolutely loved following along. So thank you for coming well, on today. Thank I really you. Thank you so much. I love listening to your podcast and same. I like following everything that you're doing because it just, you give me so much energy and if I'm having a morning where I'm feeling like, oh, do I want to do the thing? I just need to go into Instagram or Facebook and find your stuff. And I'm like, yep, we're doing the thing today. So you give me a lot of motivation. Mutual. The feeling is very mutual. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Nicole. We'll talk soon. Thanks. I'm sure that after listening to this interview, you can definitely see why Nicole has become one of my favorite people to talk to. She just gets me so fired up. She is so excited about what she does, and she's so happy to be serving the people that she's working with. I love that everything for her comes back to her mission of making birth better and a more positive experience for women. That's such an empowering thing. And knowing Nicole in person, I know there's nobody better to start changing the game the way that she already is. Thank you so much for listening today, guys. You can find the show notes for this episode and all other episodes at takeitpersonallypodcast.com. I also wanted to mention, since this episode talked about the mastermind that Nicole and I are in a couple of times, that I am starting a mastermind. And for those of you who follow me on social media, this might be something that you've already heard. But if you would like more information, you can go to maddiepashong.com slash mastermind. I have about 20 spots open. A few of them have already been snagged. And I am just so excited to get another group of amazing women together in the way that um, Nicole and I were brought together earlier this year. It's been 
totally game-changing for our businesses, and I'm really excited to bring that to um, some other businesses, uh, maybe in this area, maybe not in this area, but for more information, again, maddiepashong.com slash mastermind, or hit me up on my DMs on Instagram, and I'm happy to answer any questions. So thank you all so much for listening. If you loved this episode, I would love for you to take a screenshot and post on social media, and maybe even head over to iTunes and leave us a review. It's so appreciated when you do that and gives myself and Kenzie a really good idea of what you like listening to and what you want to hear more of. So thank you guys so much and I will see you next week.